Thank you for listening to a Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. If you need any information about our church, or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at praisechapelkingman.com. Just felt that there are uh, someone or some ones, several of you, who have been thinking in yourself, man, I just don't see a way through this, or I don't see how I'm going to make my way through whatever it is that you're going through. And I want you to know tonight, uh, God's a way maker. <clears throat> he, he can make a way where there seems to be no way. And I just want you to receive that tonight, that God's going God's to make a way for you. He's going to see you through and make a way for you. Let's just pray real quick. Lord, thank you. Thank you for who you are to us. Lord, you make a way where there is and seems to be no way. We thank you for the power and the presence of your Spirit. You have promised never to leave, never to forsake. Knowing you're with us makes all the difference. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. <clears throat> okay, so you know, tonight, uh, this is my title, I, I, and I, I kind of took it off of this thing. A, a friend was talking to his friend, and he was saying, at my house, I always say the last word. <laughs> and so the friend says, well, what is the word? And the guy responds, says, sorry. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to talk about tonight having the last word, and we're going to draw from one of the best-known stories in the Bible. <clears throat> it's a story of David and Goliath, and it's maybe going to be from a little different angle uh, than what we've heard before, but the text is in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 3 and 4, and then I'm going to skip to verses 8 through 11. <clears throat> the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. And a champion named Goliath who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp, and he was over nine feet tall. Somebody say yikes. <clears throat> In verse 8 through 11, it says, Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, will become your servants. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. <clears throat> On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. <clears throat> now, we are involved as, as believers in a war of words. I mean, oh, we're involved in the spiritual warfare. It's very real, isn't it? And a lot of this battle comes in the form of words. And it was this way from the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. 
And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The first temptation came in the form of words, and Satan used words to question God's word, didn't he? <clears throat> and his tactic has not changed uh, over the thousands of years uh, since that time. <clears throat> Much of the battle that you and I face comes in the form of words in our minds. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, <coughs> excuse me, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, this is our life. It's a war of words that play in our minds against the word, the knowledge, and the thoughts of God. And it goes kind of like this. If we're wrestling with a physical issue, the devil can lie to us and say, you're not going to get any better. Or uh, if we are wanting God to do something, use us in our lives, he'll say, yeah, God can never use you. Or if you're wrestling with something in your family, your marriage, you'll say it's hopeless or that our children will never come back to God, or if we've uh, had a failure in our life, he'll say you've run too far from God, if you messed up too much to be welcomed back into his family, uh, we might begin thinking, you know, I'll never be able to make a friend. People just don't like me. I don't know what it is about my life. And, and we may even go to the extent of saying, you know, uh, life just isn't, good anymore. Now, <clears throat> when these things attack us, we need to make a decision. <clears throat> we will make a decision. One of two things. <clears throat> One is whether or not we are going to just fight back and cast down those imaginations, those thoughts, uh, and those words, and say something like, well, I'm not going to listen to this garbage anymore. God said uh, that he is the God of all hope. God said uh, that uh, me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That's the word of God. I, I believe God in my life. God said. And so we fight back with words, don't we? Or, or we just surrender to the words that are hurled against us uh, and we agree with them. Now, this is what happened. Every day for 40 days, Goliath stood in the valley and he taunted and hurled ins uh, insults against Israel. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood. No, that's... <clears throat> Different giant. <laughs> but this one was real. This giant was real. That one was Jack and the Beanstalk. That one wasn't real. This one was real. And as he stood and taunted Israel, every warrior trembled in his tent. That giant is way too big. He's way too bad. It's hopeless. See, the problem with us is sometimes instead of fighting, 
We just agree. Well, I don't know if I'll ever get better. Things are hopeless in my family, with my kids, with my future, my job. Uh, It just feels like God has forgotten about me. And listen, our enemy, the devil, is looking for our agreement. He wants to cause us to hear his lies and come into agreement with them so we partner with him for our defeat instead of partnering with God for our victory. Satan wants to intimidate us with words, and we don't have to agree with those words. When hell throws words into our mind through our thoughts, we need to fight back. Now, I want you to just say something tonight, and, and you need to say it specifically. Say, I'm mad at hell. Not, no, no, you don't have to say, not mad as hell. I am mad at hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. See, we have to make a decision. We have to come to a place in our life uh, where something inside rises up. And I'm not talking about uh, just sheer emotion. Sometimes we've been demoralized. Sometimes we've been beaten down. Sometimes uh, we feel so demolished that we have barely enough strength. But somewhere inside, we call upon the Holy Ghost inside us to rise up and fight. And you and I can have the last word. Now, we may not have control over the words and all the thoughts that come through our mind, but you and I can have the last word. See, that's what David did in our story. That's why we like this story so much is because here's one that all the odds were against, uh, and yet he rose up uh, and decided he wasn't going to take it anymore. That's what David did. So Goliath has been taunting Israel for 40 days. And you know, listen, the the devil is persistent. There there was a woman one time that she was talking to her friend, and this friend was just one of these positive people. She always was just so positive. And that's a good thing, isn't it? But this woman, she knows she, she, she never had anything bad to say about anybody or anything. And and her friend kind of just got irritated with her one time. And she goes, you know what? You just, you're so positive all the time. You don't, you never say anything bad about anybody. I think that you would even compliment the devil. And the friend thought about it and said, well, you know, you have to admire his persistence. <laughs> and he is persistent, isn't he? See, and we have to rise up in that same persistency and fight back. David comes back with a a handful of rocks and a slingshot. Goliath says, am I a dog that you send a boy out to me? It's kind of quiet at that moment. I think that David's silence in that moment was assent. Yeah, you are a dog. But he does say these words. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45 through 47, Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, 
But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I'll strike you, and I'll take your head from you. This day I'll give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beast of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel." Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with a spear or, or sword, for the battle is the Lord. Somebody say, the battle is the Lord's, <clears throat> and he will give you into our hands. You know, before David ever put a rock into that slingshot and hit Goliath in his big fat head, he spoke the last word. Goliath never had a chance to speak another word after David spoke. He was lying in the field with a rock in his head. And tonight, we need to have the final word when it comes to the war with our enemies. The problem is a lot of believers are defeated fighting a silent battle. The devil lobs negative and harmful thoughts into our minds like grenades in the form of words. He's a terrorist, isn't he? And his words bring fear and insecurity and anger and depression and hopelessness. But tonight, listen, we don't have to sit back and take it. We can and should fight back with words. And when I say fight back against the devil with words, I'm not just talking about uh, lobbing insult for insult, you know. Uh, it isn't that we just say, well, devil, you're just an idiot and uh, uh, you're, you, you ain't nothing, kind of like Rocky, you know, you ain't nothing, you ain't nothing, uh, not so bad, you ain't so bad, you ain't nothing. And, and uh, yeah, your mama wears combat boots and, and just throwing insults. I don't, I don't think we're going to get anywhere just lobbing insults uh, against the enemy. But tonight, listen, we do have an arsenal of words that are powerful. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Somebody say, I believe that. Jesus said in John 6, verse 63, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. See, the thoughts that hell brings against us uh, in the form of words in our minds are spirit and death, aren't they? It's like you'll never get better, uh, you're a lost cause, uh, things are hopeless, uh, and those words uh, are spiritual, and the only way to overcome those words uh, are with a stronger spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside of you and I is that stronger spirit, and He will bring God's Word into our minds, uh, and we need to speak. They will bring life. They will bring hope. It's a spiritual battle that we're in tonight, and it's won through spiritual words. Now tell me I believe that. 
I believe you believe it. There, there are three forms of winning words that I want to look at tonight, just briefly. Somebody say, you said briefly. <laughs> and the first are the words that we speak to the devil. We need to learn to speak the Word of God to the enemy. And, and you know, we learn this from the time that we're uh, a new Christian, and we're told that we need to speak God's Word against uh, the assaults that are in our lives. But even though we know it, we really do need to practice it. In the garden, the serpent's first temptation came in the form of words. And Genesis 3, verse 1, he said, Did God really say? Do you know that everything would have been different if Eve had just simply responded and said, That's right, God said. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, uh, he defeated the enemy by saying, God said. He spoke the word of God. Now, I want you to say it, shout it with me tonight. God said. In Luke chapter 4, the devil told him, listen, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus responded and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The enemy and the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said that he'd give them to Jesus if he would just worship him. And Jesus responded by saying, God said, you shall only worship the Lord your God and him only. The devil took Jesus up under the temple and said, throw yourself down. The angels will, will pick you up. And Jesus responded by saying, God said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. In every temptation, Jesus let God's word have the last word. And tonight we must do the same thing because we will never out-argue or out-reason the devil. The only way for us to win is by taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now I want you to tell yourself, God said. We have to speak the Word to the enemy. When the devil says you can't be forgiven, you, you've just you've messed up and you can't be received back, you need to tell him, God said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If he tells you you'll never get better, you'll never feel better, you need to tell him, God said, he is the Lord who heals me. And so, first of all, tonight, we need to learn to speak God's Word to the enemy. Secondly, I want to look at the words that we speak to ourselves or self-talk. How we talk to ourselves is really important. Did you know that all of us have conversations with ourselves? Uh, and I'm not talking about, you know, the, the guy we see walking down the street that's talking to himself and we think, you know, that... Uh, but all of us have conversations all the time through the day with ourselves. And a lot of it can be demeaning and demoralizing. <clears throat> you and I can be our own worst enemies. We call ourselves stupid, good for nothing, loser, 
ne'er-do-well, whatever it is. We carry these conversations on with ourselves all the time, self-talk. And we need to learn to do what David did. In 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 6, it was at a time of a particular hardship in David's life. And it says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, this is what he was doing before he ever went against Goliath when he was talking to Saul and was talking about the bear and the lion that God delivered into his hands. Uh, he was encouraging himself in the Lord. He was reminding himself of what God had already done for him. Isn't that right? And you and I need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord by reminding ourselves of all that God's done for us. I remember a particularly difficult time in my life in, in Malawi, in Africa. And I went out into the place of one of the places where I had, uh, where I would pray. It was a garden. And I would stand in the middle of that garden. And that's this one day I was dealing with some very severe difficulties in my life. And I stood there and I called out to God and I said, God, I, I, I need you to help me. And you know that standing in that garden, I felt the presence of God come over my life. And I told the Lord, as long as I have you, I'll be okay. And here I am tonight. Hallelujah. You know, we all have stories of God coming through in our lives, times where God has healed us, times where we uh, felt alone and God made his presence known, times uh, where we felt despondent uh, and God kind of brought a peace in the midst of that place of despondency. We all have times where, where God intervened for us. When he saved us, he brought us to himself, didn't he? And we need to remind ourselves of all that God has done, and we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So I want you to tell yourself, encourage yourself in the Lord. That was pretty weak, but that was, it's all right. I get it. <clears throat> Final thing I want to talk about tonight, just for a moment, are the words that we speak to God. In Psalm 56, verse 3 and 4, it says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what can flesh do to me. Yes. Our confidence will come when we praise him and his word. When we're driving in our cars and our minds are being attacked, we need to praise him. Amen. When we're sitting in our home and we're feeling oppressed, we need to praise him. Wherever we are, when we're attacked, we need to praise Him and say, thank you, Jesus, that your word is spirit and life in me. When Paul and Silas had been beaten and thrown into the prison, I really don't think they felt at the moment like praising God. Maybe that was why it was at midnight. The Bible says that they begin to sing and pray 
and I don't know why it took until midnight. It's probably like you and me sometimes uh, where we've been going through something and it just seemed difficult and hard to muster up something of a thank you, Jesus. But we make a choice. We make a decision. And Paul and Silas made a decision and an earthquake came, shook the chains off, opened up prison doors. And tonight in this place where we make the choice and decision in the midst when everything in our mind is saying, I don't understand what's happening, we say, thank you, Jesus. Your word is spirit and life in me. And when we make that choice, we make that decision, something of hope begins to be birthed in our lives. When we feel rotten with what's going on, when we feel like there's no hope, we have a choice to make. And that choice is to whether or not we're going to just stay miserable and agree with those negative words and thoughts that are going around and swirling in our minds, or we begin to praise and thank God for his word that he is who he said he was, and he'll do what he says he'll do. Isaiah says he gives us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That heaviness we feel sometimes, it's a spiritual force. And there's something we can do to smother it. We just wrap ourselves in the garment of praise. One final verse tonight, and then we're going to pray. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. There's a reason why it's called the sacrifice of praise, and that's because sometimes it's a real sacrifice. It's that everything in us doesn't feel like it, but something inside us, the Holy Ghost, rises up and says, I'm going to thank God anyway. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to thank, I thank you, Lord, that you are who you said you are, and you will do what you said you'll do. I just dare to believe God tonight, don't you? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Praise God. He is good and He's good to us. Tonight, as everyone is just in a moment of prayer, if you came to the service tonight and maybe things have been going on in your life that you really don't understand, but you came out to this place tonight Maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your life or you've been away from him for a time and you want to come back home and you say, you know what, I, I may not understand everything going in, in, on in my life, but I do know this and I do believe this. Jesus loved me and died for me and I'm here tonight to receive his forgiveness. No one looking around just for a moment. You would just, with heads bowed and no one looking around, just slip your hand up and say, would you... Just remember me in prayer, uh, in this prayer before you close this service. Just slip it up where I can see it. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Honest hearts. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. You can put your hand down. Praise God. Let's stand tonight. I want to lead us in a prayer together. And uh, let's just all repeat this prayer together, would you? Just pray this with me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross 
so that I could be forgiven. I receive you into my life. Thank you for paying the price for me. Lord, I thank you that you've given me your word. It is spirit and it is life. And I will lean on your word. I will speak your word. And I thank you for the victory that you have given me in your wonderful name, Jesus. Amen. Would you give the Lord a clap off and thank him tonight? Thank you for it, Lord. Praise God. I, I got you out early tonight. Take some time and be friendly with each other before you leave. Amen. Bless you. Thank you for listening to the Praise Chapel Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.